come stop and take a trip down on my block where you see hidden potential young minds sharper than pencil and ain't afraid to speak they mind if they got something against you we standing with you we tackle issues like civic pride hate will cease to exist let's put our differences aside from my side to your side from dutch town to south side from Penrose to north side from benton park to old north the west end the west side we blessed when we step out we stand down rise up stand together wise up this is stitch cast studio produced by st louis story stitchers in st louis missouri Youth leaders talk about emotional intelligence and discuss different ways to control your emotions in this week's episode of Stitch Cast Studio. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Stitch Cast Studio Podcast. We're so glad y'all made it to season two with us today. I have some very talented youth, very intuitive and knowledgeable youth. And today we're going to be talking about emotional intelligence, you know, and your emotional health and how to kind of deal with some of the things that go on in our brains and, you know, how we react to those things. Um, So first off, how's everybody doing today? You know, it's Thursday. How your week been? Yeah, let's just start it like that. How y'all doing? Me, I'm feeling great. You know, it's this week has been very good for me. And I just woke up for a nap. So, you know, I'm energized for this podcast and everything. But, yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Who else? How y'all been? That's what's up. Been pretty good. Just um, relaxing stuff. Just working hard in school. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I've been all right. I just uh, got my energy back and I've been ready to just get back out there and do my thing. All right. Well, cool. Um, I guess the first one, the question we'll kind of jump into is what are some techniques that you use or that you do to keep yourself calm or to deal with stress? It's just positive or negative. I was going to say you could do both. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So I'm saying like, so some people that drink to kind of calm themselves down. I'm not saying I drink because I'm not a drinker. Uh, and I feel like stuff like that is, you know, kind of a crutch. You know what I'm saying? Turn into a crutch after a while, after you start to get used to the feeling and then you just, you get used to wanting to feel that feeling. Mm. It's a crutch. And it also can make the situation worse too, you know, or make it worse over time. Um, Because like you said, if you get used to the feeling and let's just say alcohol in general, you know, it takes you out of out of your normal self, you know, and really any kind of substance takes you out and it kind of distorts our emotions in a way. You know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but it's definitely not not something you want to lean on, you know, to deal with stress and everything. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um... Anybody else got something? What are what are techniques or things you do to keep yourself calm or deal with stress? Well, the way I deal with stress is I go to the gym sometimes and work work it out and, you know, dance in the gym while I'm in there. Mm. Move around, you know, take a walk sometimes. That's yeah. it pretty much. Absolutely. I can uh, relate to that, that, going to the gym. Definitely, I've used that. 
plenty of time. So even if it's not going to gym, like you said, taking a walk or something, or doing a little exercise in my room or something, you know, definitely kind of helps channel some of that energy, you know, that you're feeling when you're either like upset, sad, feeling depressed, you know, feeling alone. Like it just helps you to focus and to think and to kind of bring everything down to the surface so that you can really deal and, you know, regulate your thoughts and emotions. So yeah, I definitely can relate and attest to that. Who else? If I, once I do get mad or something or stressed out, then I always would normally pray about it. And after praying, then I'm normally always calm. Or if not that, then I listen to music. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that's a solution too. You know, cause I feel like prayer in a way is another form of meditation, you know? And it just kind of helps me to like, just relieve, you know, myself of worries. And, you know, not have to feel like I'm dealing with like the weight alone or the burden or something, you know? So yeah, these are all really good techniques. Anybody got something else that we haven't said yet? Writing it down maybe? Mm. Yeah, uh, I had said this probably a few times um, these last few weeks, though, maybe in another podcast, too, but writing it down, for me, it definitely helps, you know, and just for anybody who has, like, a hobby or a talent, you know, I think they can relate to that, too. Like, some people sing, Zay said he dances, you know, so different things like that. So, yeah, I think that's really good. Moving on, so we talked about kind of like dealing with stress and stress is like kind of like builds up over time, you know what I'm saying? But let's say you're actually in a moment where you don't have time to pray or to, you know, go to the gym or dance like right then and there, but you're in a, you're in a situation where you're like really mad or like you feel yourself about to snap like how do you de-escalate your emotions or how do you try to deal with that situation positively and even if y'all have like stories of where things didn't go so well like what did you learn from like that experience or that process to where it helped you the next time deal with that emotion a little bit better well first like for me i'll say one of the best things is to always just analyze the situation and try to remove yourself from the situation first and then analyze it. Like just think of what the outcome is if you do something negative or what the outcome is if you do something beneficial to you. Yeah, the self-reflection, I definitely agree with that. Who else? It's like Casey said, for me, I like to just, if it's like a person in front of me and I'm about to get angry with them or just like they're not listening, I would just walk away from the situation, calm down, come back only if I have to, because if I don't have to, then I would just walk away and not worry about it anymore. But if I have to, I would just take a minute to cool down and then I would come back and then just try to fix it. But if that doesn't work, then honestly, I just walk away and I just like, don't worry about it anymore. Don't let it try to get to me. Mm. Yeah, so just basically, like, if it if it can't be worked out, what's the point of, like, wasting energy on it, you know? Especially, like, if you're in one of those situations where it's, like, it's like a debate or argument and, like, the other person, like, won't let you talk. It's like, yeah. 
you know, at that point, it's just like, it's no use of me even trying to, you know, go back and forth. This is a waste of time, waste of energy. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I'm always for, you know, giving the situation some time to breathe, you know. So, like, I don't always have to react or, you know, respond to something that happens, like, right away. Like, I can give myself time to process and think, you know what I'm saying? And if people are like, well, what do you, how do you feel? Or like, why are you not responding? I'm gonna let them know, like, because I'm thinking. Like, like let me think, yeah. let me take some time to process, you know, what just happened. And then I'll get back to you in a few minutes if I, if I feel like I'm calm enough to do so. So yeah, who else? Do y'all have anything, like, how do you handle a situation when you're like in the heat of a moment? And like, you know, your emotions are high and you're like mad. Like, how do you deal with that? Just get calm. Just calm yourself. That's what I do. I take a deep breath and I push all emotions to the back of my head. So when I get mm. by myself, I can just release, meditate, you know, something like y'all say, reflect and just get over it. You know what I'm saying? Everything is temporary. Emotions, are, emotions at that moment is temporary and that's how I kind of treat everything. Mm. That's good. Right, that remind me of the, um, it was a rule, it's like a five-year rule. If it won't matter to you in five years, then like just let it go. Don't let it really phase you or don't let it or harp upon that. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that rule. I actually forgot about it a little bit, but I remember that, especially when I was like, um, probably like 18 or 19, I really used to use that saying a lot. I think somebody told me, if it won't matter in five years, then don't waste more than five minutes on it. So I was like, okay. All right. Like, you know, and that just really helped me to, like, use that energy to really focus on something else. Hey, that's good. What if it's one of those situations where you have to, you know, manage the relationship to the point where, you know, it's a person where you have to work with, but they don't understand you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's something that you can't really walk away from. So what would you do then? Anybody want to get out of shot? I'll say just just try to come to a middle ground with it. Like you all may not get along on something, but like find a way that you all could come to an even ground and then just work it out from there. Yeah. Or like a lot of people like to say, agree to disagree. Some problems can't be worked out right then and there. You know what I'm saying? But it's like if y'all still got work to do, y'all still think got things y'all gotta get done. Y'all gotta be like, okay, let's put a pin in this and let's come back to this. You know what I'm saying? It's like, because we got other stuff we gotta do, you know? And just kind of try to move forward. Or sometimes things call for y'all to get other people, you know, involved. Like if it's at work and it's a coworker, you know, then maybe call like the manager or supervisor over there and ask what y'all should do. You know what I'm saying? And if that don't work, then y'all probably just need to let it go. You know what I'm saying? And like squash it, just be like, I can't keep wasting energy on you or else it's gonna drive you crazy. That's my thoughts on it. So can somebody define um, in your, well, can y'all in your own way define emotionally unstable? Like what does that look like? Or when you hear that, what is what do you think of? I think a lack of self, you know, uh, your self-control of your emotions or lack of uh, knowledge of your emotions. Like, I feel like if you uh, can't control your emotions, then you don't really know yourself. Like, you don't know what you're capable of emotionally. 
because that's what like you gotta kind of like explore the reason on why you react to certain you know what I'm saying certain situations or certain moments with those emotions mm-hmm. if that makes sense definitely who else that was good yeah just like what he said just unable to control your emotions and like how you react to different situations or different things that come up like you're just don't address them properly in the way that you should okay so let me ask a question um do you all think that having you know extracurricular activities like dance or you know playing an instrument or you know being able to speak out on podcasts or different things like that do you all think those things helps you to understand your emotional I guess abilities like does that help you to understand your character a little more if so why or if not like why why not well for me uh since I crump you know what I'm saying being really in tune with the music and you know what I'm saying releasing like my emotions at that moment how I'm feeling in the beat you know what I'm saying? I don't know where the emotion might come out in the middle of that moment like even if I'm in a battle feeling calm before the music starts and then I might just get angry at my opponent, not just not just towards them, but just like how I'm feeling, or I might feel on some cocky stuff, or I might, you know, I might get sad, I might start uh, crying in the middle of my get off or something. So mm. I, I don't really know, you know, what I'm saying anything can come out at that moment. I just mm. kind of be trying to be in tune with it, just you know, what I'm just in case I'll be too mad about a situation, don't got nothing to do with you know, what I'm saying what's going on at that mm. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of like how you took it. You talked about like more of the side of how your emotions affect your craft or your ability. Who else? How your extracurricular activities affect your emotional or mental health? In a job situation, I don't know, say somebody is stressing you out or you've been stressed out before you got to work, sometimes it'll affect your work ethic and sometimes it'll affect how you talk to people and how you approach people, how you approach your job. Like, you know, I don't know, say you're making a sandwich and you either going to make that sandwich sloppy or you're going to make it neat, depending on how you feel. Mm, I like what you said there. And I'm going to come back to that, too, because it made me think of another question that I have. Hey, what's up, guys? It's that time again for our Stitchcast Studio Arts Interlude. That's right. It's time to pick the city up. This week, we have a Story Stitcher's original piece entitled We Cope. They soar like eagles, they sing like crows, and they hawk through our streets. As daylight sings, darkness sings his bitter song. Children playing in the streets, their older siblings out hotter than heat. Mama trying to tell them to cool down, but they won't listen until they hear mama scream. The sniffles from her nose, riots out of control. R.I.P. and be on clothes. Police can hardly gain control on TV like a show. But they only show when fools are being made and not the making of greatness. You see, his death is not in vain. New voices have rearranged a chain of events and for once we're slowly starting to see change. Badges next to cameras, cameras next to temple. Now you don't have to be a scholar to think twice before squeezing your chopper, or at least we'd hope to cope with the pain of still some still tope. You see, his death was not in vain, but some still cope. So they shoot at the sky because hell is too hot 
and fires without reason. So those bullets still soar. They sing like crows and they hawk through our streets. Night is today as bitter is to sweet. As we sleep, pistols breach the integrity of our communities. Broken unity calls for broken relationships, which brings broken people. More trauma as time passes, more than one would ask, more than one wants to see, and more than we were taught to speak. So lonely nights he thinks about MB, how he wants to change this contradicting system, not just the laws, but the people that come with them. But then he remembered that he's a felon with every right but the one to use his voice. So back to hiding behind his tote, he goes with words choked out of his throat. Now his heart's too cold to provide tears for his eyes to cope. Back to prison or at least they'd hope. So they still saw. They sing like crows and they hawk through our streets. As daylight peaks, Darkness still sings songs that are bitterly sweet. Those who can see and have the courage to speak have helped us continue our journey where we hope to find peace. Mike Brown's death didn't just show us that there is a gun problem in the police force, but in our communities where little kids are forced to grow up faster than they should, let these senseless acts of violence encourage you to be the change that you want to see. Do it for the ones that cannot, the ones that want better, even the ones that don't know better, because I would do it for all four of my friends who were shot and killed in 2018, and three of the four will never get to see 21, and here I am, 22, wishing they could see it. Wishing we didn't have to grow up so fast. Wishing we could have grew up outside of the system. But they still soar. They sing like crows and they hawk through all streets. When night turns to day, I hope that every blind eye can see how high death sings and why mama screams. Thank you. Can you control your emotions if you bipolar or take medicine for it? So I'm not a, a doctor or a specialist in that area. And I don't know if anybody else has any knowledge on that. But from my understanding, if you're bipolar, you know, the meds are supposed to, I guess, help you to control those emotions, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm not sure if it works all the time or, you know, how, you know, and I think it's like one of those two is different for everybody, you know, how the bipolar or, you know, even depression. I think it's just different for each person, like how it affects you. You know, some people have minor or acute diagnosis, but some people are more drastic and need more I wouldn't say more attention, but me, they just need like, you know, a little extra help maybe or something like that. Like maybe some people are good just going to like a therapy session, but maybe some people actually need, you know, to get the medication that they need to help them overcome, you know, and try to regulate their emotions.
I haven't researched none of that, so I wouldn't even really know like what kind of triggers that or like how you get diagnosed with bipolar. And sometimes it's genetic, you know, so it just kind of runs in people's families, like their mom or their dad could have had it, you know, and it got passed down to them, you know, so it could be different things. Sometimes it could be um, from trauma and just like different life situations that happen. You know, some people get diagnosed with it from when they're kids, you know. So, like I said, it's just different for everybody. But, yeah, I would agree, too, to, like, you know, try to protect your energy, you know, protect your peace, you know, if you if you can, you know. So, yeah, and I think, KC, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, um, I think, like, the medical doctors and stuff, like, they say it comes from a chemical imbalance in the brain. And that's why they give the different medications and stuff with the different um, things like depression or bipolar, like different things like that. And then also with the last question that you asked, my thing was um, with basketball, it, it helps a lot with discipline too, because like after you're continuously doing that for so long, then you're just training your body and disciplining yourself to just stay in that work cabin. And this, like for some people, it could be common and they would just get used to it. So, like, once they don't have it, then it, like, just feels weird. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, so with, when you said that about basketball, it kind of made me think, and no shade to my mama, but um, <laughs> it made me think about when I was in the ninth grade and I had gotten in trouble at school. And so my mom put me off the basketball team. And at, at one point, that was, like, kind of all I knew, you know, like, I didn't know that I was gonna take music as serious as I did. So that kind of like messed me up a little bit, but then it just made me focus more of my energy into the music um, and into learning how to play the guitar and different things like that. So yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. I kind of want to circle back too, to what um, was said earlier about, you know, how your emotions can affect your work ethic and it can make you like, really you know perform poorly on a job or really with anything you do so i wanted to know from you all like what was a time you know that you had to really dig deep down and encourage yourself to continue to move forward or to continue to do good on a job you know continue to you know be all you could be you know what was one of those times if y'all don't mind sharing that McDonald's 2016, man. That was one of them days where you had to really test yourself for patience, you know what I mean? Like, that was one of them years where I really learned what true patience was. Like, when you get to have somebody in your ear just, you know, telling you, do this, do that, do this, do that, and turn, turn around and do that while you already doing something else. And then it was like, you know, you want to be like, you know what, forget this job and walk away, but you know, you, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. And, and it just teaches you discipline and patience and, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, that was one of, that's that's an example of my life that I had to do that. Absolutely, absolutely, who else? So long, long time ago, I used to work at McDonald's with Quincy. This is way before we was friends and we was having a lot of problems and stuff. I try to make it better, but you know, I ain't had that mindset. Then a couple of days later, I was just breathing 
then try to find a different way to be cool with him. Then that's what we did. Like a couple days later, we took a deep breath and started all the way over. You know, like you said, make, McDonald's was hard when people acting like they ain't know what to do at all. But you know, yeah, it was just crazy. That's that's different. Hey, but it's, I'm glad y'all worked that all out. Um, yeah. Who else though? That's what's up. Look, you all, right. regulating your emotions. I'm sorry, I just wanted to say this to the audience real quick. Regulating your emotions saves friendships and it saves lives. All right, you go ahead. <laughs> all right, this, this moment goes off. You remember to all the adults out here. That moment where it's like that last paper before rent is due and your boss or everybody in the job is really, really getting on your nerves. And you're looking at the door like, I could just walk out this mug. But this year, but my rent is due <laughs> on the <this> first. <laughs> exactly. And that is motivation right there to not get kicked out on the street. I agree. Do a die moment. <laughs> I agree completely. You know, who else got one? I'm going to share mine too before we move on to the next question. But who else? One of the things with me was cutting grass. It would be like 100 degrees outside. Sun just beaming on your head. <laughs> Mm. You just know you gotta end up finishing sooner or later. Mm, 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 mm. That's crazy, but kudos to you, cause I couldn't <laughs> do it. I would be out there passed out. Shoot, you know I think we all had a few of those uh, moments where we had to, you know, really dig deep. Um, you know, for me, um, just like in general, when. I have those tough moments or those really rough patches in my life. I just really try to keep the future in mind. You know, like tomorrow has to be better, you know? And I've always, since I can remember, I've always had that, you know, thought pattern or that that hope for tomorrow. And I think that has kept me from a lot of serious depression because I, I could have really been in the pits at, at some points, but I wasn't just because I just held on to my hope, that dream inside of me, that, you know, that goal for tomorrow. I've always held it very high and at the forefront of my mind, you know, so just keeping that like through through all my years of living, like I'm acting like I'm old, <laughs> but through all my years of living, really, and since I've had to go through trials and tribulation, you know, since I can remember, I just, I just always held on to that feeling, like I can't stop because tomorrow is better. So yeah, that's how I deal with that. For me, when I'm frustrated about a job or just angry, like for me, it's like you said, look towards the future. I I just think about why I'm doing this, the reward, the benefit that I'm about to have after this job. So that's what keeps me like going. Cause like, I'm just like, if I finish this job or finish this, then I get this thing or the reason why I'm doing it, like this is how it's gonna benefit me and everything. So yeah, that keeps me going. Absolutely, absolutely. So with that being said, what are signs that people can look for, you know, because we are young and, you know, maybe some young people might listen to this or maybe some older people might listen to this and be dealing with younger people. But from you all's experience, what are signs to look for 
and to notice and be aware that someone is either already emotionally unstable or is becoming emotionally unstable. I think this is a good one to hear from you all because sometimes it's hard to read young people. So get the people hip, (laughs) y'all. I got it, I got it. I'm going to say one. Um, One trait that I've noticed when people start to to be emotionally unstable, I had this one homeboy, like each and every week or like every three days, it was kind of weird because like he went from like being cool to like texting the group chat, everybody pray for me. And it was just like kind of weird because it was just like randomly, every, you know what I'm saying? Like we could be like in a deep conversation, like just like just having fun, just a random pray for me would just come out of nowhere. And it, I was like kind of concerned, like, you know what I'm saying? You good? But then like, we you know so we would resolve the issue and then like, it'll come back around like the next day. So we just kind of like, eh. Uh, okay, you know what I'm saying? So this like it was kinda weird. But like the trade I was looking for like mood like mood changes. His mood was different. Uh what else? He was just wasn't motivated no more, you know what I'm saying? It was just like he want he was like a he was like a hollow shell of his former self, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for that too. Yeah, and another thing to look out for is like a change of voice, like their tones if it gets higher or lower and just like anything like that like their hand movements like you could be talking and like if they if you know they don't um usually talk with their hands and then they just like their voice get higher and then they start uh using their hands that more often and everything then that's another thing you should look out for but yeah hmm. i didn't even think about that who else what's some signs that you know somebody's becoming or is emotionally unstable also like when people are just like like you don't really see the motivation there anymore just see energy like they would just normally cut themselves off and probably just stay in their room or something like something like that like don't really associate or socialize with people as much absolutely i would tell that to all my friends and family like if you ever see me not motivated to do something that's gonna push me forward or just always in my room check on me like you know what i'm saying like because man i you know it's just like you know you know yourself and i think it's it's okay for us to tell those the ones around us that we love and that we care about what it looks like when we're not good or to be vocal about when we're not good so yeah i like that one okay so my next question would be for you all um what are some ways that you all have kept your friendships healthy or even your relationships with like family members and stuff one way of me and the uh, bros we keep our relationships up is being honest with each other you know what I'm saying being straight bluntly honest or just like you know what I'm saying like if we feel like you're wrong or in the wrong we would just check now if you, you know what I'm saying everybody got that you know what I'm saying everybody entitled to their own opinion but you know what I'm saying at least we told you I'd rather somebody tell me you know what I'm saying i rather somebody tell me I'm in the wrong than be a yes man all the time exactly well, like, another thing is, like, just checking in on them, just, like, knowing how they feeling. Like, oh, seeing something happened to them recently, so you, like, know what to say, what not to say, and just, like, checking in on your partner friend, it's just a good thing, just showing them that you appreciate them and just stuff like that, that you care, and, like, just not taking them for granted, because that could change a lot if you if they feel like you do. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to speak on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like... But with that issue, people gotta understand like the approaches. You know, everybody got their own approach on how to like they want people to come to them, and you gotta kind of like feel your way down a dark hallway 
blindfolded to try to figure that out. Yeah. You don't want to just, you know what I'm you don't want to come on too strong or you don't, you know, you don't say you don't want to make them already even more upset than what you, you know what I'm saying, you're trying to help. Yeah. Yeah, especially if they already in that stage of, of being emotionally unhealthy, you know, it's like that's a really tender spot. So you got to really like kind of maneuver around it, handle with care type thing. So, yeah, I, I get I get where y'all coming from. Anybody else? What are ways that you keep your um, relationships healthy? Just um, come to a compromise as best as you can. Uh, sometimes people make it harder for you to compromise because they just difficult. But at the same time, you just talk it out and try to numb it down and X out the other answers. You know what I'm saying? Until you get to that one spot, you know that you need to be. Absolutely, absolutely. And since we're on the topic of relationships, I forgot who came up with this question, but I want to ask it. Do you all and and this is not you know there's no right or wrong answer. You know, I think it's just a, an interesting question. Um, but do you all think love is a feeling or an action or both? I'll say that it's um, both because, like, once you have the feeling, then your actions will project your feelings. Like, if, you, if you're actually feeling this way, you're going to show them in your actions. Yeah, he sound real woke. <laughs> I appreciate that one. We got, right. we got a woke one over here. <laughs> who else who else go ahead I think it's an action because you can always love somebody that's what I think mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta show it to more than just say it you know mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I-, I get that it's like that saying oh how God said loves your love your neighbors as you love yourself and everything but like that doesn't necessarily mean like you love them like in it like you actually love them, love them. You just like love who they are, but you gotta show them that you really love them because they won't really know if you just say, "Oh, yeah, I love you." But like that's just words, honestly. And your actions show way better. Absolutely, because if we talking about God, true. In the Bible, Judas was saying he was down for Jesus and betrayed him, and Peter said he wasn't gonna never betray Jesus and denied them three times. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. and, you know, in real life, too, people people do that, you know? And, yeah, I sound a real woke right now. <laughs> you know, and, but in real life, people, they do that, you know? And I think that's when love really prevails, you know? When you can, you know, still genuinely love someone past their flaws. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you have to, be you know always in a face and around them 24 7 like there's a there's a such thing as loving from a distance you know but still just being able to love people and understand that some people change some people don't you know but whether or not you're gonna change i still love you for you but i'm still gonna do me like you know what i'm saying so yeah i I like what y'all saying so another thing i want to ask you all is how can you know more youth or even adults because this is coming from our perspective you know um so you know this might help out some parents who might listen to this or something but what are ways you figured out you know things that triggered you or what are ways that you're still trying to figure out you know your triggers and how do you become more aware of those things so that 
you can be more patient with yourself or more aware of yourself. So that's what I did. I broke me down into like a chart. I'm like pet peeve, you know what I'm saying, what I like, what I dislike. And then I broke down like my reactions and emotions that I can remember, you know what I'm saying, uh, dealing or, you know what I'm saying, that activate at that moment. And then I kind of just like keep a personal journal or a personal, you know what I'm saying, like a personal diary of like how I felt, you know what I'm saying, how long it took me to calm down, you know what I'm saying, my reaction, uh, what I felt the next day, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that to really just stay in tune with myself and my emotions. So I could have a better uh, sense of just keeping myself in check versus on me reacting or being overreact, uh, overreactive. I like that how you say you keep a journal because, you know, sometimes we can um, go through stuff and maybe not remember it fully, you know, but writing it down and having like something to go back to, I think is really powerful because then you can actually like really remember how you felt and really like just analyze it all again, not to get back mag you know but like you said to just reflect on it to kind of see you know what it was what it is and you know kind of move forward who else though that was really good yeah what he said but like i don't keep a journal but me it's like this became a it became a habit for me whenever i get in an argument or a fight it's like every time after that fight i just think about it you know like analyze the fight all over again just like what happened like what are things I could have said or done that couldn't have, you know, de-escalated it and stuff like that. And then I just remember it and I just take it over next time. But you know, sometimes it don't work. So I'm gonna start doing the diary thing to actually remember it because when you get in a real heated fight, you know, and then you just can't have, you don't have the time to think about, oh, how you could stop it or what you could have done, be analyzing like a past fight, then yeah, that right there just messes you up. Yeah, I, I agree too. I think I'm gonna start doing more journaling too because I'm, I'm the type of person like, once I say that something is over, like I don't like to feel like I need to bring it back up. Like I don't like being that person that brings something back up when we tried to get over it. You know what I'm saying? So. I think that's definitely something that I probably uh, try to be more intentional about is like keeping a journal. Who else got something though? This one is really good. Yeah, I'll also uh, probably start making journals or like videos too. Like with my YouTube channel, like just vlogging every day, like setting different goals and things. But also with me, I just like to look at the bigger picture of things and look at my main goal. And like really the things that's, that's not line up with it or does won't get me to that that does not really matter then I kind of stray away from it so then like I don't really let those things face me or anything like just the trivial things that don't really matter like just really just stand focused on the straight and narrow path absolutely anybody else thought this was a really good question when you uh get into an argument with somebody and you figure out what triggered the argument the first time and then you get into an argument with them again and it'd be like kind of sort of the same thing like running towards the same thing which i worried about the last time then you will try to maneuver around it you know what i'm saying so that way you don't got to argue about the same thing because you already experienced it the first time you know what i'm saying so yeah absolutely i appreciate that yeah i think i think these are some really good answers um, to this question does anybody else have any any questions or anything um, before I get to my last question? Chip Ahoy or Oreos? 
Uh, which chip ahoy though? Yeah. Nah. Which, which, oh, which, nah, you gotta stand on the team. You, gotta stand, you just gotta stand on the team. Pick a side. Uh, I'm Oreo then, all the way. True. Alright. Who else? Double stuff Oreo. <laughs> I'm, I'm with the Oreo <laughs> side myself. <laughs> what they call them, them oatmeal cookies? Oh, uh, he biased. He ain't even running for anyone. <laughs> Oh, uh, no. I mean, I catch y'all in no store <laughs> with the opposite brand. I'm uh-huh. on it. <laughs> Get that out your court right now. I'm hollering. Hey, but to end it off, though, my last question would be, okay, what is the saying, life is what you make it mean to you? And how have you used that, you know, or adjusted that to your to your life situations? All right, and I'm going to hop back in, slide back in for the last time. Man, this, you know, I gotta give a shout out to Hannah Montana, you know. That was like the first oh time I God. ever heard that phrase. <laughs> that was like the first time I ever heard that phrase. You know what I'm saying? Just seeing how like her life as a pop star and you know what I'm saying, being a teenage girl. But you know what I'm saying, my version of life what you make it is, is live, you know what I'm saying? Like life, you know what I'm saying, life is too short. Why, you know what I'm saying, all these ideas we be having, all these, you know what I'm saying, all these moments you be having in your head where like, oh, I want to travel, I want to do this, I want to do that. Then, you know what I'm saying, you had that other feeling in the back, like, that what if, like, what if it don't work? What if I fail? You know what I'm saying? That the sense of just like knowing and unknowing, it kind of like suffocates you to the point you be kind of like going against yourself or going against your own ideas. But I just learned that and just like go. You know what I'm saying? Just go with it. You know what I'm saying? Experience. Like I said, just live. Let life be lived. Yeah, I agree with that. And like another thing is just like don't live life without with regrets, you know? Cause like regrets don't get you anywhere. And just like everybody make mistakes. And you just have to know that you will make a mistake in life. But that doesn't define who you are. So you just take that mistake, see what you did, what happened, and then you just keep it with you as a lesson. And then you just go with life and don't let it, you know, define who you are. Don't let it affect your life because it's not going to do you any good because it's not like you can go back and fix the situation. Mm. Yeah. Somebody asked me the other day, um, like, what's some advice I would give them? And one of the things I said is forgive yourself often, you know? And I think that kind of goes with the question that I asked, like, what is life is what you make it mean to you? And for me, it's kind of what it is as well. You know, kind of piggybacking off what Caleb said. You got to you got to do what you can with the cards that are dealt to you. You know, I think it's a lot of things, you know, that people grow up with or that they're born into. You know, we didn't ask for, you know, the hand that we was dealt. But it's like I believe at a certain age. You have to kind of come out of that mindset of blaming others, you know, and actually take control of your life and control of your destiny, you know, and we're young and, you know, some people may be older than us, but you're still young. You know, if you're listening to this, I don't care how old you are, you know, if you're alive, you're young. That's what I'm going to say. But anyway, what I'm trying to get to is that, you know, we're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to do things that we're not proud of you know, one day or the next, but you have to just forgive yourself. Like we've been saying, reflect, you know, maybe write it down, keep a journal, you know, reflect on those things. Don't beat yourself up about it and just keep pushing forward, you know, and understand that tomorrow 
It's just based on how you handle it. It's not based off of yesterday and your past. You know, you can could, you could start over at any moment. It only takes like three seconds to change your life. So, you know, I just kind of want to encourage somebody with that one. But who else? Who else got something for that? For me, it means to like the life is full of choices and it, whatever choice that you make, you have to like make the right choices and take the right path to see to where you want to be. Come on, y'all woke. It'll sound like y'all woke up before y'all uh, alarm clock. Everybody, everybody had a good now. Everybody had a good now. <laughs> what you was going to say? Yeah, for me, it's just, uh, you know, changing your environment, you know, according to how you like it or according to you, how you feel, you know, being around the people that you need to be around. That's what life is, what you make it mean to me, basically. Stitchcast Studio Season 2 in 2021 is sponsored by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund's three-year grant, 2020 to 2022, Arts and Education Council, PNC Grant, and Lust Corporation's The Charity Pop. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches. Story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.